on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. It is time for What's Going On, where we take a look at what's going on across the Zone Sports Network, the big opinions, the big news, sometimes some fun stuff on the other shows as well. Gordon, you ready to get uh, get things started? Sure, let's do it. All right, let's get a little uh, a little peek into what happened on the Joe Ingles show this morning. We were curious because we had you on last time and you said you didn't know a lot of details because uh, Chris Paul was handling it all and, you know, you just trust the team reps and the, the union head and all that. But now we've heard about these calls, 40 to 50 players on conference calls, getting details, getting questions answered. Are you part of that or are you still just kind of uh, letting everybody else handle it and going with the flow? I am not a part of that. <laughs> I mean, all, all the calls have been... Um, Open, I guess, open to to all the players. So, um, a link or whatever will get sent. Um, I've been on some early ones. Uh, I've been on a lot of obviously team ones, but um, been a little busy recently. But um, yeah, I like I said, we there's always someone from every team. We get a text or an email with with talking points or whatever it is and um, see I, I leave it to my my trusted reps Do you have any idea if there'll be any players who will choose not to go? Um, I don't uh, I mean I don't for sure no um, Do I think there will be players that don't go? Absolutely uh, I think um, I think it was Woj or someone tweeted yesterday that like one of the concerns or the talking points was still for, for players and um, some people probably think it's ridiculous that we that we worry about our own health and safety because we um, I mean I've had it I've had when that statement came out about me not playing early on and then it got retweeted by some of your friends um, Everyone, a lot of people, right? Like you get paid all this money, like just go and play, which obviously they don't um, obviously have a good understanding of, of, of what we like. It's, I don't know, I could get into it way too deep and I'll get way too mad, but um, there's obviously still concerns. There's still stuff we don't know about it. Um, so do I think players, some players or, or a player won't go? Sure. Out of 22, 22 teams, what is it, 16, 17 per team, give or take? Um, do I think there'll be at least one player? For sure, I think there will be, yeah. So your situation seems a, a little unusual here with your wife being pregnant. Uh, are you going to be able to leave for the birth of the child? Have they talked to you about that? How does that work? That seems like an unusual set of circumstances, but there have got to be a lot of people with unusual circumstances. This is, you know, yours. Yeah. Um, well, we planned it really well um, that the pandemic would hit and we'd, the season would get pushed back three months then we start again and then um, we're actually due in the end of November so um, I think the, the last possible game of I think they said game seven of the NBA finals would be like middle of October or something like that so 
um, yeah, we planned it really well timing-wise. So regardless, I'll be with Renee at that time. Um, even if we do play in December and, and go back early um, or whatever the date is for the next year, we'll obviously be in pre-season or something, but I'll, I'll be able to obviously be there. Um, there is... I'm sure other pe- other players and, and other guys in different circumstances, but I'm sure there's other people that have um, kids due around that time or, or family or, or whatever the situation is. But um, I think one of the, the points and one of the things they're going to have to figure out, and I don't know if they have or not yet, is is people leaving. If, if someone needs to fly out for their, their mum or their dad or their, their, their wife or whoever it is, um, at the start, we're not allowed to bet, like no one's allowed there except the players and the staff. So, if someone was going to have a baby, they have to have to be able to let them go and see their baby. Obviously, I don't know what that means when they come back. They have to sit out when they come back. They have to quarantine. There's um, there's obviously got to be some kind of protocol around that because there's, there's no doubt. I don't know everyone's personal situations, but I'm pretty confident um, someone's going to be in that situation at, at this time. That was Joe Ingles from this morning talking about a return to play. Uh, thoughts, Gordon? My major takeaway there is that <laughs> sometimes we forget that these guys are human beings. They are human, and they have families, and they have concerns, and they have health issues, and they they have everything that everybody else has. They just typically have more money, and they have a higher profile. But they still have those concerns. And so I, I, I feel what Joe was saying there. And, you know, uh, I, I, did he say when Renee's uh, due date is? I don't think he gave a, a specific date, no. Well, I, I want to be there for the birth of my child, man. You know, and if this complicates things so that you want, you, it's difficult for you to fly out, fly back in, maybe the testing will make it so that he can – he can do that sort of thing. I don't know how that's going to work, but that would be of a concern to me. And uh, I don't care how much money you make. You mean you didn't tell Lisa you were hammering out a column when the the babies were coming? No, I was slinging. Uh, <laughs> I was slinging uh, manure out in the yard, making sure those flower beds were real good. Uh, but uh, honey, no. how how far apart are those contractions? Because I got <laughs> I got about 150 more words I got to hack out here. So can you? <laughs> no, the computer was not with me. At least I don't remember it being with me on those occasions. But uh, they're pretty important. Can I tell and you that <laughs> a funny story? Speaking of North Carolina, we were <gasps> in North Carolina, and my brother and I went to see a concert, which was at like a. Uh, a, a bar that was we went to see the Dreadnecks, great band. Uh, they were at a kind of a, a, a you know a live music bar or whatever, and uh, we ended up sitting next to this guy who was just in a good mood and ended up chatting our ear off. And then he, he looks at us and he's like, "Guys, I got to tell you, uh, about uh, an hour and a half ago, I just had a kid." <laughs> oh, <come laughs> because the hospital was next door, and let me tell you, like my brother and I were both like. Well, shouldn't you not be, you know, here, but really be over there? Uh, anyway, we just kept our eye on him, just curious, and he, he stuck around for like another hour and a half. Well, had he been over there before and now he was recovering? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. 
because thought, you know, well, that, that I'm not going to judge you, man, but I would think that oh. I would be, you know, well, there. Think about, think, think, about, uh, think about the strain on the husband when that baby is being born, and uh, maybe some feel as though they need to go recover a little bit themselves. I guess, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm all for it. No, don't, don't do that. I, I just thought to myself, <laughs> you know, I don't know if this is what I would do. Necessarily. No. Again, not judging, no. but I was a little surprised. Oh, I'm judging. <laughs> well, I think it's a good idea to hang out there with the wife for a while and the baby and make sure everything's okay. And uh, Maybe maybe his uh, wife uh, delivered the baby and then the nurses took the baby out and the, the, his wife was getting some, some sleep. And he well, what if she wakes was, up and needs a drink or something? He's well, going to he make her go get it I mean, herself? After everything's said and done, he's like, hun, you fine? Baby fine? Uh, Papa will be at the bar. Give me a, <laughs> here's, give me a... here's the call button for the nurse. I got a concert to hit. <laughs> you, might, you might be thirsty, but so am I. Somebody will, somebody will, uh, oh, will help man. you out. Pull that little red string. <laughs> I'll see you later. I, I find it interesting that in the olden days that the, that the dads weren't, uh, weren't present. They were out in the uh, waiting area handing out cigars. And what, I, I just, what, when did that switch? That's the way it's always been. I've, I've witnessed the birth of all of my kids. Uh, but, for uh, you know, there was a time when, when, the, when the dads weren't involved in the process. It seems now. I, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not one of these people that's going to haul in the entire extended family and 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 film the whole process and then post it somewhere. I mean, I've, I've heard of families that do that too. That's not my way or my wife's way, but uh, I, I wouldn't want to miss that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think I would. You guys either. were both present for the births of your daughters, right? I was. Yeah, yeah, I was. And what do you think? What do you mean? What did I think? Well, well, how was the experience for you? Um, hectic. Yeah, it was miserable. Miserable? Yes. Why? Well, you know the details around the delivery and arrival of our first child. It was. That's true. I mean, it was. It was but it still, was, uh, it was hell. Ours, ours wasn't real terrific either. So <laughs> and Jake's was not a, a diamond star experience either. <laughs> so I yeah, mean, what are you asking me here? You you were you weren't falling asleep. You weren't wanting to run away. Go get a drink. Right, but it wasn't like you see in the movies where you pop on in, you get the baby, you get the car seat, and you head home with the gifts. Yeah, no, it was far Who from does that, that. Actually, nobody does that. I just Come said on, in the movies. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. That that I <sighs> I can safely say I haven't felt that way since. I, I had an extremely positive, wonderful experience with the birth of my first daughter. It was, it was, it was relatively quick, and it was uh, mind-boggling. It was, it was one of those experiences you have where you go, oh, "Wow, that's unlike anything I've ever done or seen before." And in my case, uh, we we're fortunate on that one. That was not a drawn-out experience, nor was it particularly. Uh, uh, nerve-wracking. At least it wasn't for me. <laughs> I don't want to diminish what my, the work my wife put in. Mm. But uh, it, sometimes it can This from be. the guy who two days ago, well, my wife doesn't have a job. True. Well, I, I True. said she didn't work outside the home. My wife doesn't have a salary. That was also said. Well, yeah, but that was... <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, she was the one that was uh, doing the uh, the work in those. But I always find those those situations where you have a pregnant wife who's going into the liver and she's like screaming and yelling and punching her husband and all that stuff. It, it, that was not the experience I had, thankfully. Yeah, I had a very different. Get, I had a very did different you get experience. Sworn at at all? Did I get sworn at? No, I did not. No, I didn't. No. I didn't. No. I would have preferred being sworn at. I did a lot of swearing situation. at other people. Yeah. <laughs> I would have preferred. Do you want to? Do you want to add any detail to what you're saying here, or is that all private? Who, me or Jake? Either one. There was some uh, great people that handled our situation perfectly, and there was a handful of people who almost cost me my wife's life. So it, it was a stressful week. Hmm. And that's about as Jake, much detail as you need. So, no, it was you, not fun. Do you, do you care to specify at all? Uh, mine's a really long story, too, and let's just say it just was not a traditional experience. Yeah, there were some there were some concerns, but everything turned out wonderful. So I was put in some positions where I personally had. Let's just say I wasn't in the in the waiting room smoking a cigar, <laughs> looking for a stork. <laughs> Let me just say that I was presented with some decisions to be made, which I never thought would happen in my life, and I was left to make them alone, which was just terrific. So, and you weren't sitting in a bar across the no, street. No, I would have uh, much drinking. rather been at the bar. Play slow. Again. <laughs> much rather have been at the bar <laughs> let me tell you, i mean it was it was amazing in hindsight but yeah it wasn't as simple as, as the traditional experience i don't think. how about a how about a shout out to all the women out there who uh who are mothers the moms are the best man i agree yeah. can we get back to sports i sure as much as i love reliving that experience how about just a shout out to women or uh our health workers yeah. add them in there, there too uh-huh. indeed all right. And, and but, but remember, just remember, keep in mind that uh, what Jim Ingles was saying in that uh, visit with DJ and PK oh, is yeah. that there are concerns that uh, that players aren't just gladiators running around in their underwear out on the court. All right, let's get to uh, Hanson Scotty. Here's them talking about the return of the NBA and the relationship between the league and the players. You look frustrated. I'm, I'm really frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm. I'm. I'm extremely frustrated. I, I'm gritting my teeth and biting my tongue a little bit because, you know, I. I want to be rational over this, but the NBA is doing everything they can to cater to these guys. Yeah, everything they can. I've been in the NFL. I understand what type of medical attention you get when you're a professional athlete. I get what lengths these guys are going to to make it a safe environment. And this comes down to selfishness. This isn't about, oh, I'm going to get sick when I'm in the bubble. No, you're not going to get sick in the bubble. The PGA Tour just brought back 487 guys. They tested all 487. There were zero positives, and they're off and on the course, and they're golfing. Shocked by that, by the way. I thought they'd have at least a handful of Zero. Yeah. Out of 487, I promise you that bubble is tight. And I promise you they're taking every precaution. And I promise you, even if 20 of them got it, they would all live. It would be hard. Yeah, They would go through some struggles, but they'd live because that's what percentages are showing us with this demo. So I, 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 I probably ought to just stop now because I, I am. I'm really frustrated with all this. 
You know, we're watching these protests. I'm watching 120,000 people shoved into a street in L.A., shoulder to shoulder. And, and we're fine with that. But now we're talking about busting apart a 1,000-person bubble that's going to have every possible measure taken, tests every single day. Well, I've got a family. All of us have a family, but we're all having to do what we have to do for our jobs. So you're gone for three months. That's not that bad. You take into consideration training camp, and you take into consideration uh, your your typical ordinary playoff situation, yeah. and you're gone a lot anyways. And let's be honest, you're not. I mean, only two teams are going to be gone for three months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only exactly. four teams are going to be gone for two months. Like, let's be honest here. You, you got to be the. You got to be the ones that want to be gone because you feel like you're going yeah. to win the championship anyway. If if you're in a situation where like, oh my gosh, I'm so upset, I'm going to be gone for three months. You're probably not going to be gone for three months. You're going to be gone for about three to four weeks. So if you're San Antonio and you're like, well, we're without LaMarcus Aldridge, why are we even going? Well, then just show up and just give in. Wave the white flag and just give in. Yeah. Fine. But show up and get your stupid eight games and then go away. Take your, you, you, you all want to cry about it. Then go away. Take your little eight-game eight paychecks and leave. And, and look, if Popovich doesn't feel comfortable being there at age 71, then don't go. If you feel like you want to be there, then go. But it's his choice. Yeah. We can't tell a coach. You can't discriminate off age and say, well, it's a pandemic. We can't allow a 70-year-old. No, you can't do that. That's illegal. He makes that decision. You can't. There's no age discrimination. So if I want to risk myself, and by the way, if I'm 71 and I'm looking at the Orlando bubble, I'm going to raise my hand and be like, I'm going to be there to coach my team because it's the Orlando bubble. It's safer than my current environment. By the way, we talked to Craig Bowler, Jack. Bowler is like, I will go. Three months, I'm in. David Locke. And Bowler's in his late 30s. David Locke, who's in his early 30s, said, <laughs> I'll go. I want to go. I mean, like, and, and I'm not comparing. Our, I'm just saying that there's a lot of people who really want this thing to happen. There's a lot of people who really want this thing to be successful. And, and it's going to happen. And I don't mind. Like, look, if a guy wants to sacrifice his money and not go, then so be it. That's fine. But to to try to drag the whole thing down with you, I'm not all right with that. I'm not all right with it. There's a lot of livelihoods, and there's a lot of people that are counting on this thing to happen. I'm just... I guess uh, I, I there there are a lot of things going on that are, are that are causing some problems with me. I, I'm watching things happen and I'm just I'm getting to the point now where I'm 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 overly frustrated about things. Yeah, I'm with you. I hear you. <laughs> you're you're preaching to the choir on that one, my friend. It's a safe bubble. It is. It is. And and guess what? If you if you get sick there, it's the best place to be. Yeah. All right, that was Hanson Scotty. Thoughts on uh, those opinions, Gordon? I respectfully disagree with Hans. I think he's way too emotional about that. And that's okay. We can disagree. But who is he to tell other people how they should feel about a pandemic? I mean, he can have his opinion, but they can have theirs as well. It's their bodies. It's their lives. Some of these guys are freaking corporations unto themselves, and they're worth a lot of money. And uh, they're considering their future and their families. 
And I understand that's a popular position to take. But uh, I, just like Popovich, Hans said Popovich should be able to decide for himself whether he wants to go. Well, if a player doesn't want to go, that player should be able to make that decision as well. That goes both ways. And so to judge somebody because of the way they feel about a freaking pandemic and to criticize them for that, I disagree with that. That's my thought. Yeah, I think we should all uh, be allowed to have our own opinions. And I was I was expressing that yesterday. And if uh, if people uh, really don't want to play out of concern, that voice should be heard. And I don't think it should be silenced. But there are other things at play for some of these players. And I can understand if a, a player is making the argument that, hey, for the greater good of basketball, you need to, you know, uh, I appeal to your um, – you, you know your sense of that to to come play and participate and do it for basketball do it for your union do it for your team I mean there's all sorts of very virtuous reasons to do it as well I'm just saying that those concerns certainly should not be quashed they need to be listened to and considered well and either way whether a player feels comfortable going or not they it sounds like the league is making space for that and so that that that's a good decision well, 40 to 50, I don't think it's going to hold it up. If we want to get to their, their main point right there about holding things up, I mean, I don't think enough of the the union, there's enough of the union to hold it up. It's going to happen. So but, what do you do with the, people who dissent? If you and I are sitting here and going, what's the matter with those guys? Get down there. There's no safer place in the world. Get down there right now. Who are we to say that? It's their freaking lives. They should be able to make that decision. We're talking about health here. We're talking about a worldwide pandemic in which hundreds of thousands of people have died. It doesn't matter what demographic you're in. If, if you feel uncomfortable, don't go play. I'm not going to yell at anybody for that. It's just like I'm not going to yell if they want to go play. That's a personal decision that's up to them. Who am I to condemn them for how they feel? I agree. I I agree. That's, you know, you summed up how I've been trying to operate through all of this pandemic, to be honest with you. I'm just trying to, to look out for number one, be considerate to my fellow man, and people can handle it that they want to handle it. I, mean, I think that's the best way to, to do it going forward. And just because you're doing it one way does not mean that uh, I'm wrong nor you wrong. We're just trying to figure this thing out in the best way that we can. And uh, that's what the NBA is doing. And uh, I, I'm with you. I don't, you know, we could sit here and make arguments till we're blue in the face, but somebody's going to feel how they're going to feel. And that that should be considered in the process. Yeah. I think and that's I, important. I largely compliment the NBA on the way they've gone about their business. I think they've been pretty deliberate about trying to get this right. But if there are players out there under these very unique circumstances, they should be able to have their voice heard, just like you said. And uh, I'm not in the business of condemning them for not feeling comfortable about something as serious as this. All right. We'll get to more coming up. Uh, stay tuned. It is The Big Show. Sam Amick will be on the show at uh, the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Alema Harrington at 5, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <laughs>
my jam back in the day. Big show. Oh, yeah. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We were talking earlier about haircuts and whatnot, Jake. I could see you uh, back in, how old were you when this song was popular? Thereabouts. I mean, what state of life were you? Well, early teenage years, probably. Okay, so you were were you uh, were you driving a car and you had the long hair blowing and the not window quite, open and not quite and, driving a car yet, but yeah, yeah, I get your point. I liked Bush. I don't know if I got really into the the alternative scene. That seems more like an Austin Horton jam, but uh, I did I did <laughs> yep. like that song. I could, yeah, uh, very much. Austin, did you go with the the flannels and, uh, and all I that stuff? I still do. Yeah, I know you do. That's good. Yeah, it's I, very. It's called comfy wear. And it happened to be in style then, and I don't care anymore if it's not now. I like it. Out of the the, the pop culture of my kind of youth and coming-of-age years, grunge seems like the coolest one. What do you mean so by you, that? You were like in the midst boy of Boy bands movement, wasn't huh? really cool, right? Oh. You know, like the different pop culture movements, that sort of thing. And those uh, were kind of concurrent, aren't they? Hold on. They, Some they of weren't it. cool? No, they were not. Or like, I got to make a phone call. (laughs) You got to tear that in sync poster off your uh, bedroom wall. But all those, uh, you know, all those pop culture movements, like you, you look back at them and they they appear a certain way, right? You know, you look back uh, on disco as opposed to the hippies and what the the like Led Zeppelin rock stuff was going on at the same time as as disco and it kind of butted heads or whatever, like. You look back at grunge compared to some other stuff in the '90s, and grunge was grunge was pretty cool, right? The music was pretty cool. It was kind of that alternative counterculture kind of thing, right? Does it have to be cool though? Can't you just like what you like? <laughs> Gordon, <laughs> oh, such a safety patrol. Yeah, position. right. I, I, I don't think you're getting. What do you mean? <laughs> why should you? Why should you be uh, swayed by by what the other kids think is cool? Why can't you just? Uh, what know, if it was dance, cool because I liked music it? in your head, you know? Huh? I mean, that's, I'm just looking back on well, stuff then, in history, then, Gordon. I noticed you're not walking around in platforms and bell-bottoms anymore. You know what? We move on. But you used to. Yeah, and then you look back on it and you say, oh, that's well, that was I, ridiculous that's, or that's that was cool was or whatever. I was a 15- or 16-year-old kid. And everyone else was wearing it. Right, yeah. yeah I know, but, but I, didn't, I hadn't really established who I was at that point. I was just following the trend. I'm not criticizing the trend. You're missing my point. We look back on these things with the benefit of hindsight, and these eras are different and unique, right? Because the world evolves, to, and some are, you know, better than others. Like, I'm sure people looked at how they dressed at whatever period of their life. I looked at an old picture of me the other day, and I thought, wow, I look ridiculous. <laughs> was it like last week? or <laughs> what, what was with ridiculous? The, the lime orange and lime green soccer socks? Hey, hey, you posted the, the picture of me from my uh, younger days. Do we Should we post the one? Yeah, you chose you a glamour ridiculous? shot that you, was professionally put together. You no, it wasn't. That a... was taken by a friend of mine at my buddy's house. Mm-hmm. You did choose a glam shot. That did well, it was kind of glammy. I admit. <laughs> you did pick a... Pick a glam shot. It was the feathered hair. Yeah. Well, they, they, I mean, perfectly yeah, quaffed, <laughs> and the and the poetic stare to the left of the camera. <laughs> That's unlike me. But uh, anyway, that was the picture. Like there were and, just some some trends that I look back on and go, really, that was a thing. Like um, I I don't know if Austin is old enough to remember this one, but back when like giant T-shirts and really baggy jeans were really coming into a thing, there was. 
Also, T-shirts that were made of, like, Bugs Bunny dressed in a similar fashion. Sure. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, was, I, that I never a, was, that, was that mocking the style? I guess so. I guess it was a, a comment on the style. I don't know exactly what statement that person was try, trying to make. But 30-whatever-year-old me, 38-year-old me, looks back at that <laughs> and thinks, well, that was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Like, there's I've a reason never, I don't have a wallet chain, this, you know? This, so, this will, the, <laughs> or parachute pants. <laughs> there's not stuff that you look back to MC in your Hammer. past and go, oh, man, that was ridiculous. Oh, yeah, no, I had MC all Hammer have that. pants, yeah. Hammer pants, yeah. This is, this is going to this is gonna shock you guys because I'm, I'm, uh, I dress the way I do. But I've never understood styles. Why should anyone be able to dictate to you what, is, what you should be wearing? Poppin, no, I know why Poppins Monson, practically I, perfect in every way. We no, got no, it. Another example. No. Okay. You know, no, why should swayed. we worry about people, style? People, people follow these trends and feel like, okay, I got to go out and spend my hard-earned money, even though I've got a bunch of stuff that works perfectly and is comfortable. Why do I have to run out and get something new? Because that's the latest style. This conversation always comes back to the same place. You drive a Porsche. It's a Porsche. You drive a Porsche, and you just corrected me on the pronunciation of the name. Well, let's get the name right. I think we, out of respect, we should do that. But that's got nothing to do with style. That's got everything to do with driving enjoyment. You're not driving a smart car. You're driving a Porsche. I'd be happy to come up there and key it. Why? Because it's fun to drive. Not a smart car might be fun to drive too, but you're never going to get one. Well, I've I've driven cars that uh, of a certain nature, and, and they're not as much fun to drive. Mm, mm, I've had driving cars. I've had very practical cars. I've had uh, people movers through the years, and uh, I know movers. I know which ones are more fun to drive. What exactly would you denote as a people mover? Oh, uh, I, I consider any minivan a people mover, or maybe How the suburban. You, sir. I had a suburban when my kids were uh, younger, and uh, used to cart them around in that. You did, or Lisa yeah. did. Well, uh, what's what's mine is hers. Oh, because it wasn't that way just a couple of days ago. Yeah, it was. <laughs> You're not paying attention. Not paying too close attention. I'm just saying, don't don't feel like you have to go out and buy this latest thing, you know? I mean, because what you got, you liked it because, you know, if it's been working for you, why do you got to change? Would you say you bought Lisa that Suburban? Oh, uh, we bought it together. Oh, see, you're learning. The kind it of is, car you drive has nothing to do with vanity. I don't believe that. The fact that you don't believe that tells me a lot about you, Jake. Because that tells me that's the way you think, but I don't think that way. I, 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 I would never buy a car because I think somebody else is gonna like it or think it's cool. I buy a car because, and most of the things I buy, I buy them because I like them. Would you, would you not buy a certain car because of what someone might think of that car? I pose that question again. You said you you wouldn't buy a car based on what someone else thinks of it. Right. Would you refuse to buy Would a car pass? based on what someone else thinks of it? Yeah, that's a great question. No, I don't think It's so. got to be one or the other. I want to no, know I, if you'll try. I, I, 
This is the decision-making process when I purchase anything. <laughs> how much do I like it? Or how much does a member of my family like it? It's got nothing to do with anyone else. I think to, to end this matter once and for all. All right, here's my solution. Gordon, are you prepared? Well, it depends on what you say. You and Austin need to switch cars for the remainder of the jazz season. And why would I do that? Well, Austin drives a, a nice but more humble car than the Porsche. But maybe his car is not as much fun to drive. Well, then you can put up with it for as how long it, this is going to last. But why would, I do, why, would I, why would I do that? To prove a point that, that you don't care what people think about what you drive. Why would I drive a lesser car that didn't drive as well to prove a point? I don't know, because there's a point to be proven. Well, what if we dressed your Porsche? What if we had a different uh, coating put on it? Like, uh, what if we dressed it as a as a Honda? Well, that's what I was saying. Pry off the, the hood ornament, but he won't do that. Well, uh, I mean, take should, the actual what, inner workings what? that make the car how it drives <laughs> and put it inside a, as you called it, Gordon, lesser-looking car. That's It's not lesser-looking. It's lesser-performing. But would you do that then? Because it would perform well, the same. Well, it, it would just look it lesser. It, it, no, it probably wouldn't be as aerodynamic. I, ah, bet, okay. I bet for, okay, <laughs> well, the Jazz, the remainder of the Jazz season, we're talking, what, probably a you know, month, couple of months, right? I, I think you can put up with a lower-performing car for a month or two. But what's that got to do with anything? Then that you're that proving, defeats the purpose of why I bought the car in the first you're place, proving which was because I enjoy the way it drives. But you can you can be without that for a minute. I, I, well, why? See, but see, here's where Gordon and I differ. And I, I don't want to drive around in a Porsche because of what people look at it. Because you don't want to of come off as pretentious. Well, in all no, fairness, I didn't say all those words. Just, in all fairness, I don't own a Porsche right now. My wife has a Porsche. I don't, I, I don't have a Porsche. Wait, I thought uh, it was both of yours. What's you yours said, is it, your yeah, you said well, that earlier yeah, in the segment. I'm talking about it's her primary car. It's her, her, <laughs> although since some of my family members are here, they've been driving a lot lately too. But uh, but anyway, uh, that I bought that car. I did buy that car for her for Christmas a few years ago, if you'll remember. And why did I get her that car? So she could impress her neighbors. Uh-huh. B.S. I bought that car for her because it was a quality vehicle that she really likes to drive. She loves it. My wife's about as vain as the least vain person you'll ever meet. But we are talking about you and switching cars with Austin. (laughs) But I don't want Austin's car. I'll let you switch cars with uh, my wife, the Subaru. It's a fine machine. It's a beautiful car. We'll never bring this up again. Yeah, it's just this not is as how nice. You... It's, it's not as nice handling and driving as mine. I disagree. I do I bet as it's well. It's nice. As do <laughs> okay, the good well, people then, at Mark Miller Subaru. Then every <laughs> then everybody's happy. Everybody's happy with what they we for, would shut up forever. Yeah, about we this. would not bring this up anymore. If you want to well, win the argument, that's that's how you, how you do it. <laughs> that's how if you, you want to lose. We can keep right. going down this road. Uh huh. Because you're not coming off well. Man, you guys are not car guys. You do <laughs> no, not appreciate a car. No, I'm back <laughs> Ten to now. noon every Saturday. No, it up. no, I'm saying the same thing that I've been saying all along. Either you understand the dynamics of good driving or you don't. It sounds <laughs> like you guys don't. Uh, what can I say? It's the way it is. Car sense. Ten to noon every Saturday. All right. Stay tuned. We have a Mountain America market update. 
Coming up next, we'll find out how many more cars Gordon could buy. Am I coming off as being some sort of elitist? uh, Never. uh, uh, (laughs) That's not the point. There are, I know some people who own really nice driving cars who sacrifice to get that car. They're not any wealthier or less wealthy than anybody else. They just, that's just a priority that they really enjoy. I have a nice car. I'm just saying you're sending a very intentional message. That's and, all. And, and, and right now, I drive. Okay, I, I'm driving a truck. All right, mm, I'm driving of. a truck, mm, and I'm driving a I, show I, truck. I, I do a tuxedo I do have, truck. I do have a very nice driving Alfa Romeo, and and it's it's fun to drive, and I love it. Oh, it is so fun. But uh, you know, that's the reason I I could. Anybody who knows me knows I don't give a flying rip what you think about the kind of car I drive. That, that, that thought has never even come close to crossing my mind. Good news, Austin. You're going to be driving an Alfa Romeo. How does that feel? I, I, thought I, was talking, I thought we were looking at a Porsche here. And it's pronounced Porsche, actually. But, yeah, I know. No, we're looking at uh, Alfa Romeo. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, good for you, Austin. Are you going to have to check with your insurance and company Gordon, on that? Gordon cares so little what people think about what car he drives, he had to correct us and say it's actually not a Porsche; it's an Alfa Romeo. Right. Well, right. I was just. Well, I, I, didn't be, I didn't want to be dishonest here. <laughs> I mean, you can take Lisa's car if you want. And, and, I can. Uh, well, well, I mean, if you can talk her into it, good luck with that because she loves her car too. All right, stay tuned. <laughs> Mountain America Market How did Update we get next. Ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty. The zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for another Mountain America Market Update. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he is Sid Soria with us here on The Big Show. Sid, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Jake? Hey, we're doing all right. Tell us a little bit about the market today. Yeah, real tough day in the market. Uh, Dow's down 1,861 points. That's about a 6.9% drop today. Uh, S&P down about 5.89%. Uh, a lot of this was from uh, the Fed chair uh, making some comments about an extended recession yesterday and, of course, some of the uh, release of the <clears throat> increased infections of uh, COVID. Uh, so a lot of the bad news is catching up with the markets today. So given uh, what happened, uh, do you have any advice for our listeners? Yeah, well, uh, I'm actually going to give you some information that's maybe not related to the market, but uh, is related to COVID. Uh, part of the CARES Act that was passed uh, earlier in March uh, uh, made a lot of changes to retirement accounts. Specifically, if you're 72 years or older and you have an IRA or 401k, uh, you normally have to take a required distribution. Uh, but in the year 2020, uh, Congress has said you have a waiver, uh, much like the NCAA tournaments this year. You we're canceling the R&D for this year, required minimum distribution. So normally, if you didn't take it out, you'd pay a 50% of what you should have taken out penalty. Uh, but this is the uh, a year that you don't have to. And it's not going to compound. It doesn't add on to next year. There's a full waiver this year. And I think that's important enough for people to know, uh, to talk to their uh, IRA providers and, and say, maybe I want to skip this year and reduce my income. Sid, thank you so much. Very helpful. We appreciate it. 
All right, you got it. And by the way, I drive a Prius C, not a Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Sid. I appreciate you. And thank you, of course, for pronouncing it correctly. That is our friend Sid Soria from Mountain America Investment Services. And that is another Mountain America market update. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed, and loss of principal is possible. All right, Gordon. Uh, we have a, a question from Mitch P. on Twitter. It says, uh, any chance I can borrow Gordon's extra Lambo this weekend trying to make a good first impression? <laughs> See, you're thinking wrong. Why, why can't you make a good first impression driving whatever you drive? Don't let it be dependent on that. Uh, let's see. Aaron, uh, our friend on Twitter, comes with a much more rational uh, opinion. Says, Gordon is right. People thinking your car is cool is secondary to why a person wants to drive a high-performance car. They are fun to drive. It's just an added benefit if people think the car is cool, too. It's rarely the primary motivation. There's someone that also owns. There's somebody. Uh, I don't know what you're a rolling luxury in, vehicle. Aaron. Aaron's rolling deep. Well, it depends on what you find important. You know, if you want comfort and you like to take long trips or something and you want to be in a real cushy kind of car, then then buy a cushy kind of car. If you like driving, then drive a car that that really feels good, that gives you a bit of a boost when you're <laughs> when you're driving to work every day or whatever, you know? Everybody has different different things. I mean, I'm not going to say that there are no people out there that don't buy things to impress others but it's just not the case with uh a lot of folks and in, and in gordon's case if you want to make the sultan that lives next door jealous then you pick up what, oh, get out of what, here. what gordon's so rolling in what you got over there magic carpet ha! what you got today gates but you don't have one of these oh you are so listen to this boring. baby purr huh <laughs> you keep not your windows true. Not true. I saw. I know some very, very, very well-to-do people that drive, uh, you know, a, a regular old car. You know, because it's not important to them. They they don't get a thrill out of driving, um, or they have a driver. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, to each his own. Did but you get a new driver this week, Gates? Yeah, it, just, it just tells me. It tells. <laughs> It tells me a lot about you guys, that you're so centered on what other people think. I, I'm concerned. Concerned about uh, your well-being in this Keep regard. your dog off my lawn, Bomber. <laughs> That's not a purebred dog. Is it AKC approved? Get it off my property. Did you see the new Alfa Romeo, Bezos? Pretty sweet, huh? Bezos, yeah. It's hidden there behind the truck. $152 billion worth of Jeff Bezos there. Uh, that's amazing. I think I figured out. I was talking to uh, uh, my son-in-law, and we were trying to figure out how much Jeff Bezos could spend every day for the rest of his life and not run out of money. And I think it was over $10 million a day. Well, how do you know how long the rest of his life Well, I mean, we, we were estimating it. Did you know Gordon yeah. was a part-time actuary? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do, right? I mean, the moonlighting actuary. They, huh? they plan all I that out. Yeah, a little bit in the actuary services. 
10, bil- $10 million a day? I don't even know. I don't even know how. How could you even do that? I'll give it a shot. No, you'd be really tired by the end of the week. No. What do you well, do in guess, your spare? I guess you could buy a $250 million yacht or something. That would take care of the week's worth of purchases. What do you do in your spare time? You know, run, exercise, boat, something like that. Oh, I get my actuary on, man. Give me a stack of papers and some tables, and we're going to you know, figure out how much money we're going to need. Let's do this thing. One thing I figured out early in life was that uh, there's no reason to spend money on things that other people don't care about or trying to impress people in ways that they don't care. And most people don't. That's why you guys' attitudes about this is really – Taking me back a little bit because our attitude, I, right? right? Yeah, yeah, I, I got you. Okay, come you know, on when next. You point a finger. There's three pointing back you at know, you. You don't. You, neither one of you guys strike me as the kind of people who, who, uh, who would really be swayed about or impressed by what anybody else does as far as what they own or what they wear. Well, I agree that Austin and I don't. Yeah, that's true. That's 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 true. Correct. But. Okay, if it's true, then why do you point the accusatory finger? Because I've never said about Jake's vehicle it's a lesser vehicle. Right. I said lesser driving. Uh-uh. No. Yes, I did. You, you changed Fault. it later. Yep. I said lesser did. driving. <laughs> I said lesser driving. Because there's only one of the three of us that's ever even look, been in a Porsche. Look, hold on a second. Think about the satisfaction you have, Jake. You're driving down the road, you see me drive down the road, and you think, I'm getting great enjoyment out of this POS because, and I only spent this amount, and that that idiot over there spent all that money on that thing, and I don't need that thing, and he had to invest a lot of money in that, that I didn't invest, and so you have that peace of mind. That well, POS. Yeah, you called it a piece of something. Sam Amick <laughs> is joining us coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.